0: Welcome to Optometry Unleashed, where we discover the frameworks and strategies that propel independent optometry trailblazers to the top. From daily routines that optimize productivity to time management hacks, we leave no stone unturned to distill the essence of their success. Step behind the scenes and gain exclusive insights into the tools they utilize to enhance patient care, revolutionize their practices, and shape the future of optometry. Whether you're an aspiring optometrist, a seasoned practitioner, or simply fascinated by the world of eye care. This podcast is your guide to unleashing the keys to success. Hello, and welcome back to Optometry Unleashed. I'm your host, Dr. Trevor Miranda. Today, I'm absolutely thrilled to welcome a very special guest. If you haven't had the pleasure of meeting her yet, allow me to introduce you to Dr. Mila Yusufova. Dr. Yusufova is a true dynamo in the field of optometry. She's the owner of South Waterfront Eye Care in Portland, Oregon, and is also a speaker at the upcoming Dry Eye Summit, where she'll be sharing her expertise with optometrists across North America. Dr. Yusufova is also a devoted mother of two. I know that many of our listeners can relate to the daily balance of running a practice while managing family life. So thanks, Mila, for taking the time out of your family time to join us. What truly makes Dr. Yusufova stand out is her dedication to holistic eye care, especially when it comes to diet and gut health. Her philosophy? Treating the whole person, not just a disease. So, without further ado, let's jump into the conversation with Dr. Mila Yusufova. Welcome, Mila.
1: Thank you, Trevor, for having
0: me. With Portland's motto, Keep Portland Weird, I was wondering, what's the weirdest patient interaction you've had or the the weirdest thing a patient has said to you?
1: Oh, that's a good one. I love that question. I have to think about it, but you know, okay, this actually happened a few months ago. It was one of my patients who came in and he's a holistic healer, which, you know, once we get into kind of like my philosophy and how I treat things he's like really into it. Like, I think he used to be a naturopathic doctor, but now he's really holistic. That's why he seeked me. He came, he's like, I don't trust doctors, but I, you know, I learned that you're into natural holistic things. He came to me because he was having some, you know, vision changes, but he doesn't believe in wearing glasses. He doesn't believe in anything that Western medicine would provide. And and he was like kind of throwing a lot of things like well, you know, I do sun gazing, I basically meditate over, you know, if I have a condition, my wife has, I mean, she has really bad dry eye, but they were not using any eye drops. I don't think he gave me anything too weird. But I guess that was the most recent interaction where things were just a little bit outside of like what normal he he has this all these like thoughts and ideas about how he should be healing his body more like with uh, you know, spiritual and mental approach. And I'm, I'm definitely not that far on that side. I had to be very compassionate about things that he was saying. And when he was saying, you know, I can't remember examples that he was giving, but there are too many to really for me to be like, hmm, that probably wouldn't work. But then I have to be compassionate and kind of listen to you and maybe guide you in a way that you can still accept <laughs> without being like, nope, that's Western medicine, don't give me that. So I'm kind of in the middle. When I tell patients like where I am in the middle, like I'm Western medicine trained, right? But I also understand, or want to appreciate, and, and I want to honor patients, you know, other views. So I think that's the most recent interaction I had where he was just all over the place with all these different conspiracy theories and ideas and I have to sort of be like in the middle and be like oh I hear you
0: yeah <laughs> so
1: let's do that and, say how, and see how that would actually probably won't hurt your eyes as long as it doesn't hurt your eyes then you know you could do it a certain way so yeah
0: yeah great story I, I do think sometimes we don't know what the real science is in some areas, you know, that we're discovering new things, as you talk about with gut health, but even photobiomodulation, red light therapy, did we think that that was going to be effective 10 years ago? Really interesting to start be open-minded like you are of of what is possibly helping a patient. And then you have that placebo effect as well. Patient feels good about what they're doing. So if it's not hurting them, then maybe it's helping them as well, you know, mentally.
1: that's That's so true, because that is something we forget as eye doctors or any physicians is hearing your patient and understanding and relating to them. And basically being the the person, especially in the dry eye world, Trevor, you see a lot of patients with dry eyes too, and you know, they have a lot of psychological and a lot of anxiety. There's so many layers to that person right in your chair. And I see this with my colleagues on like certain posts and things like that. They sort of dismiss about what a patient said, a crazy thing they did or said, And I think when we have these patients, we are their advocates, we have to be their supporter, their advocates, because sometimes they're alone in their family, you know, they don't have any other person who would understand what they're going through, or really could relate to. So even the craziest things your patients tell you, (laughs) I'm always trying to be present and compassionate, and try to make a, make sense of it instead of just being like, that's just crazy. That's just weird. Don't do that. You know?
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for that, Mila. Okay. We're going to talk about, you know, nutrition and eye health. And I want you to tell me how you got started on the journey towards becoming an optometrist, specifically in the independent optometry world.
1: Yeah, that's always a great question. When I get that question, I'm always reminded of my journey, and it makes me reflect on it and really appreciate where I am today. It all started with a little 10-year-old Mila getting her first eye exam, and I was a myope that, or undiagnosed, and my first pair of glasses was just like, whoa, this is what the world looks like. You know, I was like a minus one and a half, and this was back in Azerbaijan, where I'm from, And then fast forward to US, I was a fresh off the boat, (laughs) a foreigner that I wanted to blend in. At that point, I was probably a minus three and a half, but I was walking around without glasses. I did not want to stand out as the girl who doesn't speak English with hideous glasses on her face. So, And then for like a year or so, I was basically squinting my way around. And then I got my first pair of contact lenses. And I still, to this day, remember the feeling. I cried and I hugged my optometrist. And I I think that's when I fell in love with optometry. I wanted to do the same thing that for other people. I wanted to make that impact, that difference in someone else's life. So that's kind of how I started with optometry. And then I, uh, you know, just like all of us, we, we do different, we shadow different settings in optometry, some corporate, private, hospital-based, and early on, even before optometry school when I was, you know, doing shadowing, I loved private practice, practice settings, and how much time those ODs had with their patients, how they knew their families, and how they really, you know, they were seeing generations of patients in the same family, And that really stuck, you know, with me in my mind going through optometry school. And then, of course, you go through your rotations and different settings and things like that. And then coming out of optometry school, I did a uh, residency and then I um, also worked for the school. I I was an adjunct faculty for Pacific University and I was working in a high end optical um, practice and that's when I decided that, okay, this is something I can do on my own. So I opened my practice in 2013. It was a cold start practice in Portland. And right after that, I saw the need for, for more help for dry eye patients. So without hesitation, I started to implement or, and invest in all these advanced dry eye treatments. So we got thermal treatments. we got IPL early on. We've, you know, lot the low-level light therapy, all of that. And then so it just organically, that whole dry eye grew where now for the last few years, I've been doing autologous serum, autologous PRP preparations in office. As you know, dry eye just, it doesn't stop. <laughs> we just We just keep adding like more tools and technologies because we don't have one solution yet. We don't, you know, that doesn't exist. So every patient is different. So we tend to just, it's like an onion, right? The more you you peel, the more there is to it, more layers to it. And that's where nutrition came in too.
0: Yeah. And I just, you know, for some of our audience that may not know about what a tall serum is and PRP, you know, platelet-rich plasma drops where they extract the blood, uh, you know, a phlebotomist or nurse extracts the blood, we spin it up, we have that in our offices, and we make a drop out of their their blood distillates that goes back into their eye to help heal their their corneas and their ocular surface. So really amazing technology. I know, Mila, you offer that in your waterfront uh, clinic there. And I I think it's pretty cool to see at the dry summit that the level of care, our dry eye, colleagues are, that are practicing out there it's it's really exciting the new technology that's coming down the pipe so what got you interested mila in in nutrition and and going back to school to sort of learn more about that i know you you took a human nutrition and functional medicine course at the university of western states can you tell us about that
1: yeah so it really started with the patient care right so for my patients with my dry eye patients i saw that these patients that I had them on maximum therapy possibly, and we've gone through a lot of, you know, IPL treatments and even have them on more advanced pharmaceuticals and other things. And they would get better for a little bit, but then they, we would start kind of where, you know, we would have a flare up and, and I obviously knew there's more to, to it, especially with, with my autoimmune dry eye patients with autoimmune. There's so many, systems that are out of balance, and they're, they're not working. And these patients are not digesting, they're not detoxifying, they have malabsorption, nutrition, even if they're taking multivitamins, you know, that's really something we have to understand is that just because you're taking a supplement doesn't mean you can fix the problem. So really, I wanted to learn more about what can I give them as far as nutritional advice support so that i knew what to tell them without just giving like a blanket approach like just follow this diet follow that diet so i decided to really learn it at an expert level so this human nutrition functional medicine is a program that it's a masters in nutrition program at university of western states i started it in 2019 right before covid but everything was online which was nice But then after you you go through that program, I wanted to become a certified nutrition specialist. So you have to do 1000 clinical hours, because, you know, there's the didactics, right, there's learning the information, but then there's applying the information. And that's where that uh, certification nutrition search, uh, uh, certified nutrition specialist, they require 1,000 clinical hours working with supervisor. just like back in school we had to do you know work with attendings and you know they had to sign off on our hours and say yep, yeah, they passed these clinical skills. I had to do the same thing, which took a long time <laughs> and then but also take a I had to take a board exam which was like a four hour board exam to get the the license. So while I was going through this, I was like, what the heck am I doing? Why am I doing this? This is crazy. <laughs> I've already gone through school. But really, it's giving me the tools and knowledge when I'm giving advice, when I am recommending certain diet or nutrients, nutri- uh, supplements, I know how it works in, on a biochemical level. And I can answer questions and kind of support the patient in that journey. And I also want to educate my colleagues. And that's kind of like where the next phase of this knowledge, I want to be able to get the information out kind of like what we're doing today, but more with what we'll be doing at the dry eye summit, really bring the awareness to my colleagues, we know a lot about eyes, especially if you're into the dry eye disease treatments, you know, there's layers, you know, that there's nutrition, lifestyle. I mean, with the new TFAS report, that was a whole thing. That's lifestyle. It's about not just like what you put on your skin, what you, what you put in your mouth, how you live your life, sleep, stress management, so many things. So really kind of tying it all together is that dry eye patients are complex. There's different levels to these, to, to the care and just giving them, doing an in-office treatment or giving him omega-3 supplementation For some, that'll be enough, but for when it's not enough, then let's go deeper.
0: We're just going to take a brief break and hear from our sponsor. I want to take a moment to say thank you to Hoya Vision Canada, our sponsor for this episode. Hoya empowers eye care professionals to achieve their business goals through comprehensive training and regular business reviews. Super high vision. Mirio EX4 is the latest innovative anti-reflection coating that has set new industry standards for clarity and durability. Also, their award-winning myopia management lens, Myosmart, has sold over 4 million lenses worldwide. To learn more, contact your local Hoya territory manager today and elevate your practice. And now, back to our conversation with Dr. Mila Yusufova. I like Mila how you, you talk about that gut health and it, it's so important. That's the basis of nutrition and, and what we're taking in is is what our cells are receiving. So I, I, I know in our previous podcast interview with Simon T. Bailey, we talked about doing a gut check and trusting your intuition or your gut instincts. And he mentioned that 80% of our nervous system is in our gut. So I'm curious, what's the relationship between, you know, gut health problems and dry eye? And you know, I I, I thought to myself, hey, if your if your gut is upset, you know, how are you gonna trust that? So how do you trust your upset gut instincts if it's not in the right order?
1: Yeah. I love that interview with Simon Bailey. I I I was just blown away. You're right, his laugh is so contagious. I was like, yes. I found myself smiling, just listening to him. <laughs> and immediately I got his uh audible, his book, and I'm listening to it and I am loving it. But what a great first episode. Congratulations, by the way, Trevor, this is so exciting. And I'm so honored to be here on your, as a second guest. So, you know, he's right, of course, like it all starts, it's all connected with our gut, right? And we know about the gut and brain axis. We know that uh, gut problems are related to, there's strong correlation with anxiety and depression, it's been proven that dysbiosis, the imbalance of the gut microbes really like, I mean, our gut signals the rest of our body. It's a, it's like a the hub, right? Like it's, it's like really the epicenter. And then it sends signals to all of our organs and a nervous system is so tightly related. You know, we know the role of the vagus nervous, right. in, in so, so many things. So you're right. It's it's it, and he's he's right. It's it's really the gut really is what regulates everything. And our immune system, our majority of our immune cells are in our gut. So and or also what he was talking about the neurotransmitter. So we know serotonin, dopamine. Dopamine, most of it is actually made in the gut. So again, if that's off, our brain doesn't function optimally. Our nervous system doesn't function optimally. And our hormones could be out of balance. So that just throws the whole system off. And you don't have to be a nutritionist or an expert, but as eye doctors, just making that connection to the patient, like, hey, I think something's going on with your gut. And we'll talk about like how to ask those questions and kind of how to get to that conclusion and then making that connection. Like, I think we need to take care of your gut health because I see that you're on Anxiety meds, depression, which we know antidepressants will cause more dry eyes. So instead of telling patients you got to stop your antidepressants, which we can't do, obviously, it's like okay. But have you ever looked at your gut health? Have you done any work on that? Like maybe stool testing, maybe just elimination diet, or maybe you know just doing something to address that, so that maybe over time, as you heal that, as you balance your body and your nervous system. Maybe you don't have to be on, on these antidepressants that are causing your dry eye. So again, making the connection is where it starts. You don't have to be an expert. You don't have to tell me exactly what to do, but you're bringing awareness because so many times you'll have patients that I've had patients that, that tell me, oh, I didn't know my diet can cause dry eye. Well, <laughs> of course it can, right? So you'll have patients that kind of give you that like aha moment, like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I've been I've been having some gut problems, but I didn't really know. I thought it was normal. Or yeah, I've been traveling, this and that. Like a lot of people will dismiss their gut gut issues, and then they'll just chuck it up to like, oh, they're just normal that I'm constipated for three days.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. that's so true. That's so true. It's really it's really great. I I think for me sometimes there's an uncomfortable way about broaching a conversation about healthy bowel movements or how your guts are, you know it's kind of a a subject we tend to avoid as eye doctors. But I love that you weave that into your counseling to your patients and have that discussion about how their digestion is and and, and how they rate their gut and their, their digestion if they have any issues and that it could be related to their dry eye problems.
1: Yeah, it's true. It's it is a the first time you ask, you'll probably be like, "What?" you know, and your patient will probably give you like a look. What? You're my eye doctor. Why are you asking about my bowels?
0: Exactly. Exactly. Better one or better two, right? It's like, <laughs> 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 wait, wait a second. Um. So not to pigeon, pigeonhole you, uh, Dr. Yusufova, to give you one piece of advice that you would give a patient, just one piece of advice to improve their gut health. What would that be?
1: First of all, we got to take the garbage out. So I could tell you, like, eat more vegetables. But then if you go and you're eating hyper-processed foods for other meals, (laughs) let's say you you have a muffin in the morning, but then you have a salad for lunch, and then you have also, you know, processed and packaged foods for dinner, it kind of defeats the purpose. Going back to school to learning nutrition really taught me one thing there is no one blanket approach right every person is different really figuring out you know the nutritional needs for each person that's kind of what it comes down to but let, let's go back and, and let's say that you know I just answer your question with just one I think instead of saying one thing that you eat I would say things that you take out because that's really where a lot of our problems start is like ultra processed garbage food, that's not really food, things that come in package with a lot of additives, a lot of preservatives. So I always tell start with that instead of telling him, eat more vegetables, which again, is, is good, we want to, you know, it's not you can't just take probiotics, for example, like patients will tell me like, Oh, I, I, I take probiotics every day. But then what are you how do you probiotics? How do those bugs survive in your gut if you're not feeding them fiber and phytonutrients and you know prebiotics so that's kind of the thing is like you have to actually understand in order for these microbes a good bacteria to survive you have to make a good environment for them and that's where taking the garbage out comes out so i always say you know let's take out the processed foods let's take out like high sugar foods or things that are just like in packages that you shouldn't be eating and you'll be surprised how much of that is is just helps just just eliminate some of the really problematic foods that tend to feed your bad bacteria and that's just what overgrows
0: yeah amazing thank you so much i mean i love watching you on social media to see what you're eating, you know, the, the nutrition guru, optometrist is eating. I'm like, that looks good. And so uh, <laughs> it's exciting to see what you're eating. I know, uh, I know that's maybe strange on my part, but uh, you know, how does i ithrivewellness.com fit into all of this on your website?
1: Oh, yes, I'm so excited. So I have partnered with my amazing, brilliant co-founder and also colleague, she, uh, Dr. Celia Fudge, so we actually met during the program, this uh, nutrition, CNS program, uh, certified nutrition specialist. So she's as well. So she went through the same schooling I did, and that's how we got connected. So we decided to put together a company, I Thrive Wellness, where we have resources for patients, like an online program, nutrition program, We are accessible to work one-on-one with patients. But also we have a masterclass, so we have multiple programs that are we're planning on launching for our colleagues because again this is an area that's of of high interest to a lot of our colleagues. And again, just like yourself, who is like asking questions. I, we want to give this information to a broader audience, and you can take a gut health masterclass, which is already available. And we've had a lot of our colleagues that are going through it. And, and so that way you can learn about things that we're talking about, you know, what is dysbiosis? How do you talk to your patients about uh, gut microbiome and dysbiosis? What are the implications if you have that? What are the symptoms and how do we treat that? What kind of uh, gut supplements and, and nutrients and recipes and, and diet recommendations? So it's a, it's a course that's, you take on your own time and you go through and just to get give you the knowledge and power so that you feel comfortable like talking to your patients. Kind of what we talked about earlier, right? Like it's it's still an uncomfortable area for a lot of our uh, OD colleagues. Is that oh yeah, we didn't learn about this in school. We didn't. We don't have the the knowledge. Maybe yes on on our you know our own time. If we were really into it, we put in the time to maybe like take some classes, webinars, or listen to podcasts and things like that. But this is like our program is really more relating it back to the eyes, you know, how to make that connection and talk to your patients about that. That's ithrivewellness.com. Again, we have more plans in the future. We just launched it this year and we're going to be able to, again, between products and, and programs and resources. Again, we have blog, like again, We want to be a resource to our friends, colleagues, and our patients.
0: Thank you for that. It's super exciting to have that. Just going to pivot to something I heard you say on the 2020 podcast with Dr. Herbie Ercian, treating the symptom but not addressing the underlying cause. I think we're somewhat guilty as optometrists of doing that sometimes is here, take a drop and feel better, but not necessarily addressing the underlying causes. Can you comment on that?
1: You know, I think when we first start, started dry eye, we, we had just, you know, lubricating drops, which we know that just symptomatically may work a little bit. Then we had the immunomodulators because we understood that dry eye is an inflammatory condition. So so that was kind of our way of treating the root cause, but is it really the root cause? <laughs> then we had thermal treatments because now we know the MGDs, it, it's the majority, um, it causes most of dry eye. And then we went on to with the light therapies, IPL, low-level light therapy. And then, you know, when I started doing that like seven years ago, I was like, okay, now I'm treating the root cause because <laughs> now I'm getting to the root cause of it. But then we learned that, okay, yes, dry eye is the skin gland problem. So we're starting there. But why is the skin inflamed? Do we know that yet? Right? Why is the skin inflamed? Why are there changes in the mybum composition? So. Now that's where I go deeper, right? Go into the more okay. The skin will look inflamed, will be inflamed, you know, with rosacea. We know that majority of your rosacea patients have gut imbalances. They have SIBO, they have H. pylori, they have dysbiosis, a lot of IBS, IBD. But SIBO, small intestinal and bacterial overgrowth, is present up to 66% of your rosacea patients. Mm. It is high. So again, the gut is, if there's an imbalance, there's a dysbiosis of the gut, and there's a dysbiosis of the skin. What what's the far- What type of bluff do you see with your rosacea patients? Demodex, right? We see a lot of demodex with our rosacea patients. Again, it's the imbalance of the skin, the microbes. You have a dysbiosis of the skin, but really it, it starts with the dysbiosis, the imbalance of the gut microbiome. So that's kind of where, what I was saying is that, yeah, with IPL and light therapies. We sort of think that we're getting to the root cause of dry eye. Yes, it's it's a good start, but it, it really actually starts much deeper than that. And we don't have like a, qu- like a quick fix of the gut either, right? Because if you start studying the gut health, you'll know that it's just it's not just about the diet. It's lifestyle too. Your sleep can actually change your microbiome. The lack of sleep or changes in your pattern your the light exposure right so sunlight and having that normal circadian rhythm will affect that stress levels we've known stress can really and stress levels will literally change your microbiome status like you it will and and your, your microbiome actually changes like frequently so it's not like oh you take this this probiotic and now you have a balance like you actually it it does change based on your lifestyle your mental status, right? Like your spiritual, you, you and Simon were talking about that too. Like your mindset, your mindset, your your bugs are listening to your mind. You know, you're having a <laughs> mindset. It's true. It's really the, like, the bugs
0: are listening to my mind. Yeah. I mean, wow. Yeah. You know, at least someone's <laughs> listening, I guess. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's so interesting speaking to you, Mila. I realize so much I don't know. So, so the more you know- you realize there's so much more to learn. And I think that's really awesome and fascinating in a lot of science and especially in eye care today, especially in dry eye. So I just wanted to pivot a little bit and talk about you sort of that free recipe program that you have for some of your patients that could sign up and you can give them a, a food plan on your website to get them started uh, to help with their, their metabolic disease and maybe improve their gut health. Uh, do you have thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, so the the program that Celia and I created is a 10-week program, dry eye nutrition program. And here we have basically step-by-step approach to healing the guts and helping with dry eye disease. And we basically have week-by-week, it's a drip-down content where we have the information, videos, and also recipes and supplement protocols for patients to first of all to address their gut health then we want to reduce inflammation and then we also of course have that whole vagus nerve spiritual mental kind of uh, support and connection so it's a it's actually a structured program that we do for, with patients we do have some recipes that we you know we'll change it up and we'll share some if somebody just wants like a a free quick recipe, just to kind of learn about the program and things like that. But really we created this because one-on-one working with patients, you know, so during this 1000 clinical hours that we had to do, both her and I were working with a lot of patients with dry eye. So we were using these protocols for our dry eye patients. And at the end of it, we're like, well, this works, right? Our patients are getting better. Why don't we put it together on a more accessible platform like online, where more people like you, for example, have a patient who's like, What should I eat? What should I not eat? You can refer them to this program and they can have a little bit more of a structure and they have access to us so they can talk to us. And they're going through this program with other dry eye sufferers so they can talk about their issues, but also what they're eating, what they're not eating, and, and share recipes and things
0: like that. Amazing. Thank you for that. I think it's important that we put out inflammation for me. It's you know, you look at inflammation and what is causing that and how do you get to the base root of that? And and it's like a forest fire, as as I've heard you say, Dr. Yusufova, before, you know, we can't just throw some water on the trees and put out that. The trees, we have to get underneath and put out the whole forest fire. And so having, you know, how do we get to inflammation? And sometimes it's it's starting at your gut first as as a base principle there. So I I just want to talk a little bit of some of the the dry eye services a lot of our colleagues have. And uh, you know, I like to call them those vampire drops. I just want to get back to the PRP where we extract some blood from the patient and then spin it back and, and give it back to them. When we tell patients about that, they intuitively see that they like that they're attracted to to that as a, as a therapy which i thought might scare some people off but what are your thoughts on that
1: oh patients love that idea you know they especially in the pacific northwest people want things that are natural and they don't want pharmaceuticals and so when i tell patients it comes from your own body the risk of having any issue is none as far as like having a reaction or side effects obviously we have to be very careful to make things in a very sterile environment. So I have a whole system set up. I have a laminar flow, you know, sterile hood and we do everything. I actually have a phlebotomy license. So for a long time I was doing it myself. I would draw blood and make what the What don't drops.
0: you do? You're an expert <laughs> in everything.
1: <laughs> and then now I've actually trained and paid for the phlebotomy license for my uh, esthetician to do it. So now I've delegated this to my advanced esthetician to take over. And that has freed up some some of my time. But basically, as you know, there's autologous serum eye drops, which have been lo- around for a long time. In that case, we use different systems. So we use different tubes that uh, have clotting agents so We actually coagulate the blood. And that process activates platelets and releases growth factors and then we dilute it down with, with saline. And the other process is platelet-rich plasma. It's a opposite of serum where you don't want the blood to coagulate. So we use different tubes that have anticoagulant in it and we spin it and we want everything, we want the platelets to be in their whole form. But the problem with with talaga serum, I've been doing for four years now, and then PRP for the last couple of years. And PRP took me a long time to figure out because we don't have one protocol that that works for, you know, there's just not a single protocol and there's different kits and things like that. But those are really geared for making PRP for for aesthetic reasons. If you do microneedling, you can do PRP, which by the way, we do that as well. We have aesthetic services. We do microneedling, hydrofacials, you know, uh, RF, all of that. So a lot of the, a lot of those kids really had limitations. So I had to figure out how to do this on my own, really. So it's taking me a long time. I bought a a hematology analyzer, so I actually like do a platelet count. I have changed my protocol a million times to get the you know high yield platelets. It's kind of like I'm that mad scientist in there in there. Trying, I'm like poking myself and experimenting with different like doing a single spin, soft spin, hard spin, you know, double spin, and like so many different methods to basically. Dr. Encounter- Frankenstein,
0: what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Milo I just wanted to touch upon a a little bit about aesthetics, right? You know, a lot of our patients, when we treat them with dry, and a lot of our audience may not know this, some of the side effects are really amazing that you not only feel better, but you look better, sort of more youthful. It helps with the skin. Skin conditions such as rosacea can really be improved. You just look better, less red, the skin looks younger. So are you finding that a a large demand for that combo aesthetics piece? I know some of the treatment radio frequency, what we call RF and IPL, which is called intense pulse light. So this is light therapies that really help with the aesthetics component.
1: Absolutely. It all started with dry eye, right? I got IPL, I think it's 2016 and it was solely for dry eye patients. And then organically, As these patients were getting, their skin was you know starting to look better. They would ask like, "What else can you do? My skin looks so good. Can you also do this and that?" So we got our RF unit, I think four years ago, and then that really helped with the skin tightening and getting rid of wrinkles around eyes. And then you do the full face. And then as we were getting busy, I was like, "Okay, I can't do these treatments myself." Uh, Really, pretty much right like early on, I would say like five years ago we got advanced estheticians to do all these treatments and they have the knowledge much more information and knowledge than I do about skin. So they were able to really elevate that aesthetics component in my clinic, because again, we started with IPL and RF, but then we were able to add microneedling with RF like Potenza that really just transforms your skin and also do hydrofacial. I mean, they do some peels and like facials and things like that. We have a whole skin line that's very dry eye friendly and rosacea friendly. So the aesthetics part, when I opened my practice, I, I wasn't envisioning having aesthetic, it was just like organically kind of moved in that direction. And it's been such an amazing growth for my practice. And a lot of my patients that are seeing me for dry eye, maybe they've been seeing me for a couple of years now. And now, they don't even see me that often. And they see my estheticians more regularly because they're doing treatments with them more on a regular basis. So they may be seeing me every six months because I have their dry eye under control or every, you know, sometimes sooner than that, but they see the estheticians for maintenance treatments, for other treatments that are because their skin looks great and they feel great. And then when you actually like implement nutrition in these patients, this is something that I hear all the time from my patients. They're like, I came to you for my eyes, but now my skin is so much better. I sleep better. I have more energy, you know? So it's just like, this is what really drives me to do. What I do is I love that by doing these more of a holistic and really like comprehensive, like looking at it for different angles, you make the patient feel better all around not just see better or like have their you know eyes feel better but they tell me that they just overall their energy is better they you know they don't have to take a nap halfway through the day they're able to exercise more. Their pain is is less because again they, that anti-inflammatory diet has really helped. It's, so it's true a-
0: vampires, right? <laughs> they feel younger, look younger. They're using blood <laughs> products. Yeah, no, it's 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 amazing what you're doing there, Mila. That's awesome. Um, and I know I love that you're empowering your staff. You know, as your business grows, and we have five clinics, delegating these these advanced procedures and, and treatments and having the doctor oversee everything and analyze the treatment protocol, I think is the is the way to go as we grow our practices and, and introduce new technologies into our offices. So I just want to talk a little bit about NECO. And I know you've gone to New England College of, of Optometry, and that's your alma mater. And uh, we're pretty excited to have Dr. Howard Purcell as the president of NECO joining us on our next, episode and wondered what you would like me to ask Dr. Purcell. What what should I ask about Neko? What would you like to ask him?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, the school, it was such a great experience. I loved going to school there. And I think that it really prepared me well to be out in the real world of optometry. I think the two things now, you know, being in private practice, I think one of the things that all school lack. Not just NeCO is preparing us for the the business part, right? I mean we had the and, and maybe the curriculum is different now, but we had you know elective on business practices and things like that. I think that's something that should be either I don't I don't know if it's possible to be a, a, just a, a part of curriculum, something that's just you know everybody goes through, but that's one thing business. and the other thing, of course nutrition. We get very little information, we get very little education on nutrition. And I think this is for every physician, not just for optometric physicians, but really for every physician, we should all know nutrition before we know pharmacology. We spend so much time on pharmacology. Yes, it's necessary. I'm not against pharmaceuticals, but we need to learn nutrition just as much and really studying that early on and making that part of curriculum, I think that would be such a a huge help for the future doctors, if they come out with the knowledge in how to help patients prevent disease and not, you know, more of a preventative, not like reactive medicine, but having that approach where you give the patients knowledge and information instead of just being like, eat healthy, but give them actual like content. So I think that would be the two things business and nutrition.
0: <laughs> Thank you. I will definitely bring those subjects up. You're a busy person. You're all over the place with conferences, and you run a private practice. You're a mother of two. And how are you navigating all that to maintain a, a balance in your life and uh, you know a super uh, energy that people want to be around you? Uh, it's great to just talk to you. And When I meet up with you, I can feel your positive positivity and your great energy. So how do you how do you do that? What are what are your tips and tricks and hacks to being amazing?
1: Well, I mean, you're amazing too. You have five practices. I don't know how you do that. and you have three kids I think it's teamwork there's no way I can't take credit to myself like I think it first of all my practice my business partner is my brother so really early on he really has helped me with the whole practice you know he's been my manager so when I'm not there I trust that it's in good hands my associate doctor is my best friend from optometrist school so having you know a good network of support supporting and loving people around you is so important you know i only see patients twice a week which is which is so great that's what allows me to do other things and the reason why i can do that to only see patients twice a week is because of all these diverse things that i do in my practice right so i don't rely on my vision insurance reimbursements to keep my lights on i've done early on for the pretty much right off the bat, really a lot of different things to cash pay services that really has grown my practice to a point where I don't have to be there all the time, I can only see patients twice, um, twice a week. So that allows me time to do all these other things that you mentioned, you know, speaking engagements, and, you know, consulting and things like that, which I love, I love talking to my colleagues, learning from them, and maybe educating them a little bit on something that maybe they don't know and so that part I really love and which is why I love going to conferences and you know doing speaking engagements and things like that but also home support right I do have two young kids one is seven the other one's about to turn five so I rely on my husband to hold the the, the ground at home to be able to do so I can if I'm gone but really, a lot of planning. You know, again, it's it's teamwork. If I'm gonna be gone, I'm I'm like, okay, here's our schedule. Here's our dance schedule. school schedule. Here's what you have to do after school. Here's what you have to pack for lunch. Like, a lot of like planning and communicating and things like that. There's no way I could do it by myself. By myself, basically, it's it's really having the support of all of my work team and also home support and, but also taking the time for myself right going back to like this is a lot of a lot of yes like traveling and things like that is really hard on um on on your body so i want to ma- i make sure that i take time for working out meditating i want to make sure that you know i stay grounded that i don't let things that are happening really affect me as much which you know doesn't always happen like <laughs> i'm human but it's it's daily Practices like I literally have to work on it on a daily basis. Sleep, making sure that uh, I have enough time to sleep and recharge to be able to have the energy the next day.
0: I love a couple of highlights of what you said, Mila. Is you know, it's family. In your case, it's actually family as well as your team that is like family. And then that's how it is for me. My my team is my. Family as well, my extended family. We we love uh, working together. I think it's important to take time for yourself. One of my little life hacks is I like to work out every day and do some kind of cardio. And I, I I get to 600 calories and I stop. I just if I get to 600 calories, I don't care if I do the treadmill or the exercise bike or the elliptical. I as soon as I get humility to 600 calories. I'm like, I feel like I've accomplished something in the day. So do you have any uh, fitness hacks? Like what's your favorite fitness workout that you'd say you could do?
1: I like to change it up. I love, first of all, running for my mental health. I feel like when I feel any depression, anxiety, I have to go for a run. It's like my quick antidepressant. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's perfect. Um, Get outside, was, right? Get outside.
1: Be You need to go for a trail, you know, running on a trail but I like to change it up. You know, I think weight training is so crucial. It's so crucial for longevity. It's so crucial for metabolic health. So really, that's something that when I was younger, I took that for granted. You know, I just kind of like my thing was cardio, you know, running and things like that. But weight training is super crucial. And then also, you know, something I love doing uh, group exercises, whether it's like yoga, I go to bar, pure bar. Uh, I love that community sense of it, right? So it kind of holds me accountable, like I have to go like on this day. Um, So being part of like the fitness, you know, classes and groups, yoga or Pilates and things like that is always really nice too, because that's again, it's just something that you don't have to do by yourself, you go there like on a designated time. And to answer your question is, do what you love, right? If you do something that you don't enjoy, you're not going to do it. So doing something that you really, you know, feel like, okay, your, your body uh, gets that love from that exercise. And of course, it's like, if you haven't done it for a long time, anything could feel like hard and daunting, but once you do it and your body feels good, whether it's yoga on a daily basis and or even going for a walk you know a lot of my patients that have dry eye diabetes and things like that i tell them you don't have to do anything crazy go for a walk after meals after your dinner make that a thing, go for a walk, because that's where all the food that you ate is not is gonna digest better, it's gonna nourish your body better, your blood sugar is not gonna s- spike. And so again, telling patients or even any, anyone, do something that you love. It doesn't have to be anything that somebody else does that works well for them.
0: Yeah, and your, your body will love you back for it. So I think that's really cool. It's kind of treating your body well and your body treats you back well. So I think that's awesome. We're gonna go to a little bit of a lightning round now Mila, and so just quick answers here sort of a yes or no, or this or that IPL or RF IPL. I just got Optilite in the first in Canada to get Optilite. I'm pretty excited about that. So Yay. we're gonna unbox yeah. it next week and uh, Yay. really, really looking forward to experts like you and uh, Dr. Laura Paraman to, to guide us through their experiences with IPL, it's intense pulse light, so pretty cool stuff. Superman or Batman. Ooh, Batman! Batman, yeah, yeah. I guess depends which Batman, right? <laughs> <laughs> so Ryan Reynolds or Ryan Gosling? You're in the U.S. and these are Canadian oh, actors. Which God. which Canadian Ryan? Oh,
1: uh, Ryan Gosling.
0: Ryan Gosling. Okay, awesome. Yeah. And one or two? No, sorry, that's <laughs> which is better? <laughs> oh, that's Three. a bad, bad joke. You know, I'm a dad. Yeah. Yes. Do you ever go? Do you ever go three or four? Do you ever say? I do. do, you, do you switch it I up do. a little bit. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yes. And and then patients will be like, uh, "I like one."
0: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> they want to go back to one. And I'm like, whoa, 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 "Whoa, we got to start again." It. So I was trying to be clever, and that just took too much time to be. <laughs> so sometimes just keeping it simple with one or yeah. two yeah. is better than going three or four because yeah. that's just a whole never another level of explanation later. So, what's an unusual habit? or an absurd thing that you'd love.
1: I don't know if it's unusual, but no matter what time I go to bed, I love to get up early. And I guess it's not, it's not that unusual, but it was it, it is it's something that I've tried to work towards, you know, um over the years and getting up early and meditating first thing in the morning and just grounding myself for the day. So I don't know if it's a unusual habit, but it maybe it's something for me, it was not something that I was doing for a long time. And it is something that I keep working on this habit to really implement it to be actually like a natural and unusual habit.
0: <laughs> it's not unusual because I do the same. I get up early, which I like to walk my dog in the dark. Uh, of course, oh. I'm scared of cougars and bears just like everybody else. So I have a neighbor and he's on call at 5 a.m., 4:30 a.m. I can text him because he gets up early and yeah. he'll walk with me so to ward off the animals in the dark. So not yeah. unusual I guess it is. We're a little bit weird together though, but uh you're yeah. from Portland so uh, you've got an excuse. <laughs> I I just wanted to talk a little bit about your personal life and your professional life on social media is an intertwining of that. We see you interact with your kids and be on vacation. And we also see, you know, some tips about dry eye and and stuff like that. Sometimes some people have called me a bit of an oversharer. What are your thoughts about the line of of your private life and your public life now that you're, you're a famous eye doctor?
1: Yeah, I think I have really mixed feelings about social media, which is why I feel like I've I haven't been as present there. I love the education part of it where I can share some tips, some experiences maybe I had with my patients. Anything that I sort of like get inspired from, you know, patient interaction that I get an idea like, oh, let me share this because more people may not know about this. But then I think social media, we have to be very careful about it. I think we know that it's not good for our mental health. So I have to limit how much time I'm on it because I find myself just really getting caught up with the whole thing, which it could be a negative thing. So I've sort of like slowed down where I, I want to still, I love the connections I've made, which is why I'm still present on social media. I love, you know, that's how you and I connected, right? That's how I've connected with a lot of amazing colleagues that otherwise I would have never met. So I love that component because I'm a social person. I love connections. I love uh, that aspect of it, but you're right. It's like, it comes down to, is it too much? Are we sharing too much? Could it backfire? So my personal Instagram, I that's where I keep a lot of my family posts. So you know, uh, I Dr. Mila handle my kind of the professional one, I might show a like, couple things here with kids, there, but mostly it's just me, I health, nutrition, you know, just kind of like what I do day to day. And then my, my other one is private and just really for friends and family. But I think we have to be careful with social media. I think again, we have to realize that It could be, it's great, but it could be bad. So not being on it for too long, not getting caught up, you know, it sort of comes down to popularity thing, how many followers or likes and things like that. That's kind of why I had to really like not let myself go there. Like I don't, I'm not trying to be influencer. I'm not trying to be like this big person on Instagram. I just like, you know, sharing what I do because all the time I get messages like, oh, I want to learn more about that. How do you do that? I didn't know about that. I get from patients and from colleagues. So that's kind of why it keeps me in it. But for, for those purposes for maybe teaching, maybe learning from others too. you know, I learned a ton from others, but not get too bogged down or to, too consumed by it where I have to post every day or I have to do this every day. That's why I I don't even know. Last time I posted was probably like a month ago.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're a great resource online for sure. So uh, that's amazing. Follow Dr. Mila sure. online for for some great resources. I just wanted to ask you. I've got three ambitious, driven, smart college, university kids, and what advice would you give my kids, Mila, when they're in school? Ooh. Yeah, one's in optometry school at Necco, oh, uh, your alma mater, and two are in uh, university in Ontario.
1: Yeah. Okay, let's start with the optometry school one. I think in optometry school, kind of what I said about earlier, like the whole business thing Start starting thinking early about business, right early about what you want to do. I mean, she's got a great mentor, she's got you she sees like, you know, how successful you've been. So that's helpful, for sure. But just learning a lot of like the basics in business is so crucial so that she feels more confident when she comes out also residency, I am a big, big believer in doing a residency. And and that's something I feel like opened up a lot of doors. And so that's something that I always encourage um, students and new grads to to pursue. For the undergrad, being open minded, I think, you know, just being sort of like free, right, like and not being conformed to a certain way of doing things. And, And my kids are young in school but I already see that what we you were saying about like how in school they're just taught to do a task and like you know so just doing things I I love the things you said that like eating you know ice cream and doing things that are like as a mom I'm like oh my gosh I'm I am you know
0: <laughs> don't leave your kids with me Mila they're like, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna start mom, dessert first <laughs>
1: like, yes yeah so just maybe yeah I think that's that's great too I do think that we need a focus but we also don't need to be so close-minded and, and only doing things th- that, that we're told and traveling that's such a like huge experience you know really getting your kids to go out and like see the world and whether it's like through their schooling or after I'm a foreigner so I, I've traveled a lot before school and stuff like that but the kids that are growing up here they don't do as much traveling you know and really seeing the world and not being and seeing what's out there so that they, they can really learn that it's it's not just like what they learned in school like there's just more to life and so just more uh, uh, diverse experiences
0: yeah 100 i loved your pictures from your trip to Azerbaijan, which is your Azerbaijani. uh is that a great place to visit should i go there
1: Oh, my gosh, it's such a beautiful country, you know, so it was, it was part of Soviet Union. So it was always like multicultural. But even now, a lot of people speak English there. So it's easy for Americans to go to travel. It's a really like a beautiful, if you've ever been to Turkey, it's a kind of like a similar vibe like we have, it's a Muslim country with European influences, you know, so it's like it has, A mix of you know of cultures and backgrounds and you know nationalities but also oh my gosh the food the food I forgot how good the food tastes over there
0: I saw your pictures about Azerbaijani food and I'm like I gotta go just for the food
1: yeah it's like so much it's everything has so much more flavor people just know how to cook there
0: (laughs) yeah amazing well it's on my it's on my bucket list uh Mila, yeah. for sure. We're going to wrap up here shortly. I just wanted to talk about what you're excited coming up for. I know we've got the Dry Summit. I'm super excited for that. That's a that's a all year planning leading into the Dry Summit. I know you're one of our, our our key speakers there at the Dry Summit. So, Mila, what's exciting for you coming up?
1: I am so excited. First of all, I'm so honored to be uh, asked to come back after last year, which was my first time there. And it was great. Um, First time in Toronto last year. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to come back. And but first of all, just the amazing group of colleagues, eye care doctors uh, that are going to be there. I'm going to learn a ton myself. So I am excited about that. And to just be able to, you know, share the uh, the stage with some of the best experts in dry eye. So I'm excited and to share again, kind of what we talked about more, um you know, in detail and uh, on the, the link be- between gut health and dry eye, um, nutrition, lifestyle, dry eye. So it's, it's, I'm excited to get the information out and just have like, great discussions with the attendees and other doctors on stage.
0: Amazing. Uh, I know there's a lot of talk too about gut health and macular degeneration, some of the retinal that gut retinal access. So there's so much more we're learning all the time. And it, it's it's super exciting uh, to hear from you and what you're learning. And, and I really hope that we can have you back one day. There's so much more to cover. And I know you're going to learn so much. And hopefully you'll teach myself and maybe our podcast listeners as well in the future. I just wanted to thank you, Dr. Mila Yusufova, for you know spending your your morning with us uh, to chat about all things optometry and all things life and love your energy. And I'm so excited to see you again in a couple weeks at the dry summit. So thank you for taking the time to join us on Optometry Unleashed.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor.
0: Thank you for joining us on Optometry Unleashed. If you like the show or find the content we provide valuable, please hit the follow button on Spotify and Apple podcasts. It's a great way to support our work at zero cost to you. You can also leave us a review of up to five stars on both Spotify and Apple podcasts. If you have any questions for me, comments about the podcast or guests you would like us to consider, please leave us a comment on Spotify or Apple podcasts with your feedback. Our team reviews all the comments we receive on the show to guide us in providing better content for our listeners. And thank you again to Hoya Vision Canada for being a proud sponsor of our podcast.